following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Kind of like my stepdad when he's sober, this show just hits different. Oh. Damn, that's scary. I don't know if I want to do that this time, man. Come on. Dude, you have to do it. I don't make the rules here. If I present well, it, you have to pick. Come on. Dude, let me off the hook here. No, I'm not letting you off the hook. I'm literally fucking begging you. Don't make me do this. No, you have to, Greg. Well, okay. All right. Okay, fine. Let's do it. Let me give you the first one. I call this the Rock and Roll Mance. Round one. And I'm going to oh. give you three names here. It is Lemmy, Danzig, and Ace Freely. Choose your destiny. Okay, I would marry Lemmy because I could inherit his inheritance. I would That's how that works. Fuck Danzig because I feel like it's like a one and done thing. You're not going to have a long term relationship with the guy. I'd kill Ace Freely because. Oh, Ace don't Freely. ever say that. Come on, I just apologized to him last fucking week. I'd kill him. Kill him dead. All right. Well, my choice would have been absolutely marry Danzig. Man, seems like yeah. such a sweet, sensual, gothic lover. Yeah. Okay. I'd fuck Ace Freely, kill Lemmy, because uh, honestly, if you tried to kill him, it wouldn't happen. He's immortal. He's God. Can't kill Good him. Good point. All right, so what do you got? All right, this is a, a doll man, my friend. Round two. I have Chucky, Slappy, okay. Annabelle. Ooh. Choose your destiny. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to have to fuck Annabelle. I mean, clearly. Outstanding. Mary Slappy, kill Chucky, because I mean, he's if I don't kill him, he's going to kill me. My thoughts exactly, Greg. Right? Down to a T. Great minds think alike. Yes, they do. All right, so I got a good one for you, and I call this the Golden Gauntlet. Oh, all right, all right. We got B. Arthur, Estelle Getty, Betty White, but one of them is dead. You can pick. <laughs> Fatality. <laughs> I hope it's Estelle Getty. Might be. There's only one way to find out. I would fuck Betty White, kill Estelle Getty. Mm-hmm. And marry B. Arthur and live the rest of my days as the happiest man on earth. You know, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Well done. I'd reverse it on you a little bit. Okay. I'm going to F. B. Arthur. I'm going to marry Betty White. And Estelle Getty, I mean, she's got one foot in the grave for her entire career anyway, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, okay. she's, she's, she was dead during Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Yeah, Stop or My Mom Will Die. <laughs> That has really bad connotations. This next one, I like to call our reoccurring characters. Mm. Round two. Gilbert Gottfried, Hitler, and Meatloaf. Well, I'm going to marry Meatloaf, obviously. I remember everything! Uh-huh. I'm going to have to fuck Gilbert Gottfried. It would be like fucking a squeak toy. And then, you know, kind of an easy one, kill Hitler. Who doesn't want to kill Hitler? Dude, this is exactly what I picked. You have chosen wisely. Impressive. All right, so our next one is going to be the Battle of the Corys, and I think you see where this is going. We got Feldman, <laughs> we got Haim, and we got Hart. What do you think? All right, well, I would totally marry Corey Hart because he's still around with a lot of money. I would kill Corey Haim because, I mean, he's already dead. Oof. I'd kill him, and then I would run over to Corey Feldman's, and I would fuck him. All right, well, I had a, a little difference of opinion on this one. I mean, definitely marry Corey Hart. I think you're right on that one. 
Absolutely. We all know. I think we both are big fans of sunglasses at night. Huge fans of it. I'm going to flip it on you. I'm going to F Corey Haim because I feel like that tunnel has already been excavated. <laughs> Just a real quick, easy in and out. Sorry, Feldman. You're going to have to go. Oh, wow. Really? No offense. There weren't a lot of parents at the party. Excellent. All right. So what do you got? I'm going to go 13 ghosts on this one. All right. Okay. And I know you're thinking that uh, you're going to get that sweet chick with uh, the slashes all over herself. Eh-eh. I'm talking about the jackal. Oh, no. And then we're going to go to the shining. You're going to be the lady from the shining that came out of the tub and mother from dead alive. Choose your destiny. Well, just off the top of my head, let's say I'm going to marry mother because I feel like she is, she's got that kind of maternal instinct. That's really going to just take care of you. Even though she is a giant bloated zombie, I'm going to kill the 13th ghost or whichever number that one was. And I'm just going to, Wait, what was the other one? The Shining Lady. The Lady from The right. Shining. The, oh, and the I'm just going to F the shit out of that Shining Lady like Jack Torrance should have. I think it was a little squeamish, but missed out. Oh, man. We are way off on this one. I would totally marry the Jackal. Uh, I would kill the Shining Lady because I, I, I can't stand that, that cackle. You know, that's a very I, good point. But my God, I would fucking slap and ride the waves of Mother. You chose poorly. Okay, but remember when you said that you kind of had to twist my arm to get into this? I'm actually really fucking enthused right now, so let's do a couple more. I don't, I don't have any more. Uh, it's okay, I got a ton. Outstanding. This next one, I call the mixed bag. Of shit. Round two. I don't want to play anymore. You're going to play. We've got Jared Leto. We've got oh. Jada Pinkett Smith and little Eddie Furlong. I would fuck Jared Leto. Ouch. And it's it's just it's just out of dominance. It would be a hate fuck. That's mean. I would kill Ed Furlong and release oh. releasing Monica Kina from the shackles that she's been in this whole time. I would marry Jada and defend her to no. the death, slapping every man in the face because that's the kind of guy I am. Hey Jada, did you just put your head in the shino ballo? Ah! All right. Well, I had a little bit of a difference on this one. I will kill Jared Leto in your name. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. After I fuck yeah. him. I'm going to marry Eddie Furlong, little Eddie Furlong. I'm assuming he's the 12-year-old from Terminator 2. But I'm going to take that hit because I'm definitely not marrying Jada Pinkett Smith. I saw what happened to Will. I saw what happened to their kids. It's a fucking mess. I don't want any kind of entanglement there. Oh, but they're rich. <laughs> oh, well, don't you stop now because I have yet another. This oh. one I call big old frat people. So your choice is Lizzo, Honey Boo Boo, the kid, or Gilbert Grape's mom. I uh, kill Honey Boo Boo. Oh, fuck Lizzo because I, I don't want any long-term commitment and I would marry Gilbert Grape's mom and uh, I would be a father to little Leonardo DiCaprio and take him fishing. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I would marry Gilbert Grape's mom because that's just a disability check coming at you once a month, my friend. Yeah. That's an investment. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to kill Lizzo because I don't give a shit. And, uh, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> May have backed myself into a corner here. Can we? Uh... No. I'm not about to fuck that little kid. And last but not least, just because you mentioned some of our favorite show mascots earlier, I've got a couple to throw at you. Final round. Okay. Let me hear what you think about a Fede Alvarez. Marry him. 
Bobcat Goldthwait. Fuck him. And the Prondy Man. <laughs> he can't be killed. Not unless you wade through two feet of shrimp to get to him. Uh, you know what? I'm actually really upset that you brought the Prondy Man up because I feel like <sighs> the Prondy Man has finally escaped my dreams and my nightmares. He's immune uh, to Cajun herbs and spices. He's a Creel bad time if you catch my drift. Creel uh, bad time. Impressive. But I'm really pissed off that you brought him up because he is a topa, topa. that we created. And now he's going to come back and haunt everybody in the New Orleans area. Well, sweet dreams, asshole. Have fun with the Frawny Man. Because we're dead! That's scary! My name is Micah. I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada. Over there, I got this fucking handsome dude named Greg from Buffalo, New York. Greg, say hi to everyone. All right, stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you used to. Don't think I didn't notice that hat, by the way. You mean this one? Right here? The source of all my powers? Is there any other? This is the one hat to rule them all. One hat to bind them. What's the next line? I don't know. Greg, did you check out anything good this week, my man? I watched a movie about a mummy. Yeah, me too. Uh, so you've been extra busy, right? Oh, yeah. I watched several movies about mummies. Oh, really? No. No. I faked that. I, I deceived you. I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. You know what? As a matter of fact, I didn't even watch the movie for the week that we were supposed to cover. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Guys, by the way, yes, it is Mummy. Mummy. Killed it. This is a whole month full of Egyptian horror. Egyptian sex workers. Egyptian sex workers. If you go to Cairo, they sure have a lot of them. I you got to pay extra, though, for that mummy cosplay. Thank you so much for tuning in last week for the beginning of Mummy. We are continuing this week from a classic from 1981, which we will get to momentarily. Hell yeah. Uh, or should I say, mummy terribly. Well, hey, uh, Greg, did you uh, did you hear that man's game Fred Ward actually died today at uh, 79? 69, dude! Fred Ward was in uh, Tremors 1, Tremors 2. No, Bert's Fred the Ward. other guy from Tremors. Fred. Yeah, no, he's Fred Ward. But yeah, no, uh, rest in peace. Everybody knows Tremors. We love it. And we love the sequel. Fred Ward, we're going to raise a glass to you here over at Damn That Scary. So let's just give a quick moment of silence, as is customary on the DTS podcast, for Fred Ward. Yeah, so I know we keep talking about Scream 6. That kind of is the, the talk of the town right now, my friend. Might be the uh, best Scream. Probably, maybe, no, no, definitely not. What is your favorite Scream movie, Greg? Craig. Well, the first one, obviously. Yeah, definitely the first one. What's your favorite sequel? The third one, clearly. Okay, same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did enjoy this last one, the last Scream movie. That one was good, uh, too. It definitely was. So Scream 6 
surviving characters from that movie are actually coming back for the sequel. What are there like three of them? Yeah, actually. Good. Uh, no, Glad to hear it. no, there was no, there was four of them. Oh, I'm sorry. What a fucking dumbass I am. I can't. <laughs> yeah, How did I make yeah. that mistake? Hey, Greg, well, you should go fucking kill yourself. <laughs> but also signing on to Scream 6, Hayden Panettiere. How do you say that again? Oh, no, it's Hayden Panettiere. That's my second favorite Hayden after the Christensen variety, who we all know from Star Wars The Force Awakens. You were the chosen one! No! I hate you! <laughs> I hate you! You were my brother, Anakin! I loved you! You're a pussy! Hey, Hayden Penetrier! Don't you just fucking hate sand? Uh, so no, yeah, I'm, pr she... I'm pretty sure she was in Until Dawn, right? The interactive video horror video game. She was. Yeah. She was. Holy her, shit. Her likeness was used for that. Greg. Craig. I could kiss you on the mouth right now if you were here. That was awesome. What are you, my dad? Great game about Wendigos. You know we love Wendigos on this show. I'm a big fan of the Wendigo. Probably one of my favorite cryptids. Uh, Easily. My number one cryptid being Mothman. Of course. Yeah. It's well documented. Uh, so Hayden Panettiere is going to be reprising her role as Kirby Reed, the horror enthusiast from Scream 4. Of course. Uh, she was the one that, do you remember her from that? Oh, yeah. That's where uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother stabbed her, but she didn't die. She was, like, alive at the end or some shit. I don't, yeah, I don't know. we got to see the dark side of Rory. <laughs> or was that Kieran? I, 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 Jim McCulkin? Melvin Culkin? Toby McCulkin. Gary Culkin. Jimbo McCulkin. Roger Culkin. Tony McCulkin. Deuteronomy Culkin. Chad McCulkin. Marcus Aurelius Culkin. Adolf McCulkin. Belthazar Culkin. Thomas Hayden Culkin. Vladimir Ilyanov Ulyevich Culkin. I am the walrus. The V is silent. Of course it is. Greg and I, we were just talking about horror video games uh, mm -hmm. until Dawn being one of our favorite horror video games. But I think the all-time greatest horror video game ever in the history of forever is Resident, Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Absolutely. It's the OG. Uh, and I'm talking about the original PlayStation Resident Evil. That is hands down the best fucking game ever. Those tank um, controls might make you want to kill yourself. But I guarantee if you can stick through it, you're going to have a great time. Oh, absolutely. You know what? Calm down. Smoke a little bit of weed. Play the old Resident Evil games. Have yourself a good time. If you stick it out, you'll find out who the master of unlocking actually is. God damn it. I hate those fucking keys. I hate those puzzles. Uh, that was the most annoying part of the game, dude. Nah, that made it fun. I don't know. I, I'm more of a hack and slash kind of guy myself. Well, they kind of had did. to give you a reason why you had to go from one side of the mansion to the other and fight zombies on the way. Because, like, if you could just if you could just walk in the front doors, kick right into the fucking uh, science facility underneath, and just solve the mystery, solve the crime, that'd be a little anticlimactic, I think. Absolutely. And I so agree. So they need a whole that. network of keys and locked doors and puzzles and marble busts that open up into buttons. It's an elaborate ruse, but I think it's worth it in the end. I guess what we're getting at is is that July 14th, Netflix will be premiering its Resident Evil Raccoon City show. That's exactly uh, what I was getting at. It is a series 
of course, recently back in, I believe, December, we oh, had a Resident great. Evil movie come out. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Fact checking that real quick. And uh, yep, perfect. You're right. December. Thanks, man. December. I loved uh, it. I, I enjoyed it. I, I very much enjoyed that Resident Evil movie. I thought mm-hmm. it was better than the uh, Mila movies. It was better than the last six to nine of them. 69, dudes! Dude, basically Resident Evil became like the Fast and Furious of the horror genre. Yeah, it got dumb. But hey, at least Paul W.S. Anderson and his wife Mila moved on to the Monster Hunter franchise, right? How many of those are there? Well, there's one, but I can assure you there's going to be probably 75 more. Okay, yeah, because that that one was like, it was okay. Did you watch it? Didn't love it. I didn't love it. I, I said it was okay. It was a popcorn flick. Well, the thing is, it's, it's based off of a Capcom game where the whole enjoyment of it is like the action gameplay. There's nothing to it. It's just a bunch of people fight giant monsters. Yeah. Kaiju, if you will. I don't think they're even kaiju in that because they're not like that big, but they're not. They're just like big spiders and scorpions and shit. It's kind of like taking an old Atari game and being like, hey, this movie's called Burger Time. We'll cast my wife in it and she'll just be throwing tomatoes and fucking lettuce everywhere. Let's make the burgers fucking huge. Video game movies never work out, man. Resident I... Evil is the only one that ever had any promise and they had to do fucking 90 of them to actually get to a point where they actually panned out can i tell you something yes i'm going to a couple days ago i went and i saw sonic 2 it was incredible really it was probably the best video game movie i've ever seen you know i've heard good things about those actually it's so good dude jim carrey as uh as fucking egghead eggman uh eggman so dr robotnik fucking great dude would you recommend it to both myself and the audience? A hundred percent. Sonic okay. 2 was great. Yeah. yeah. The best video game movie I've ever seen since Double Dragon. <laughs> Better than Street Fighter? Come on. Yo, fuck you, dude. I like that Street Fighter movie. Today, M. Bison rode to your village and burned your family. Was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was... Tuesday. Yeah, you got that exactly right. That was good. I don't think I did. The day bison graced your village and burned your family was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was... Do you think it was better than the original Mortal Kombat movie? Oh my god, that original Mortal Kombat movie fucks so hard, Greg. But anyways, this Resident Evil show... Coming out July 14th on Netflix. Okay. You can check the trailer out. I think it looks pretty good, but but how do you actually feel about the Resident Evil series? Gotta be honest, I love the games. I love the insane, cheesy plot lines and the, the terrible dialogue. Wow, what a mansion. Ridiculous characters, but I don't get that impression from this series, from the trailer. Stop it. Don't open that door! Uh, it looks like they're trying to take it a little bit too seriously, in my opinion. And I, I, I'm not sure if I want to see Resident Evil go in that direction. What is it? Watch out! It's a Let me take care of this. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And I think uh, you actually said it best that this looks like literally every other zombie thing out there. Yes, Resident Evil is supposed to be 
a B-movie come to life. When you play the games, you are delving into bullshit, right? Like, everybody kind of understands that. When you play a Resident Evil game, it's going to be cheese. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like the way I like my pizza. Extra cheese. This trailer, I feel like they're going in more of like a 28 Days Later direction. Yes. And that has never been the strength of this franchise. Absolutely not. I want slow-moving zombies. I want cheesiness. I want zany, over-the-top characters. I want protagonists with bowl cuts, yelling absurd dialogue. Who are you? What are you doing here? And figuring out stupid puzzles and just kind of roaming around. Hold your fire! I'm a human! A police station, a city, uh, an underground lab. Let's see what happens. I don't know. I don't fucking care. Fuck uh, this show. No, no. I, I actually, dude, I completely agree with you. Fuck this show. I mean, I will still watch it because I feel obligated to. I, I mean, maybe it'll be good. The series actually takes place in 2036. It's supposed to be like 12 years after the actual zombie apocalypse happens. So it's following a group of survivors in 2036 in London. London, Greg! It's not even Raccoon City. It's in fucking London. So they are literally going full on 28 Days Later with this. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, I did enjoy 28 Days Later. It is one of the more solid uh, zombie films from its era. Danny Boyle is incredible. I love everything that he does. I like a good Danny Boyle. I even like 28 Weeks Later. Oh, I love that with Jeremy Renner. That movie was good. Yeah, but 28 Resident Evils later just doesn't really feel right. You know what I mean? 28 Resident Evils later. It kind of rolls off the tongue, dude. Oh, good. Well, everybody keep your eyes on Resident Evil, the show. It's on Netflix. It'll probably be okay. It might be worth watching. If you're not sick of fucking zombies by now like we all are, go for it. If you've played the games... Clearly doesn't look like it's going to follow any of those plot lines. You're not going to see any of your favorite characters. No. If you really want to get your Resident Evil fix, go back and take a look at Welcome to Raccoon City. They did it pretty well. It's not a perfect movie. It's not an amazing movie. But it's satisfying for the fans. I give it a full five five out of five. Yeah, Welcome to Raccoon City was just a goddamn good fucking time. Tons of fun. Take, Take your fucking brain out. Get a fucking extra large popcorn. Extra large fucking Barks root beer. Sit there and fucking enjoy yourself. Get yourself a 16-ounce bar of cream cheese and just nam on down while you're watching those movies. That's real big talk from a guy that's on his fucking period right now drinking a grapefruit fucking seltzer. I have been drinking for fucking 11 hours. Give me a second. I've been drinking for 26 years. Well, all right, my friend. So before we continue our moment with our movie of the week, I think it's time to apologize. Ah, this again? Yeah. All right, Matt, hit those keys. Ooh, so nice. So I have a couple things to apologize for. Uh, Greg and I are actually not on tour. I had somebody ask me about that, and I feel really bad about that. It was just a bit. Dude, don't fucking ruin the illusion. I have to. I gotta come clean. It was just a bit. When we're 200 episodes deep, Greg and I will start doing live shows for the audience. Okay. So stick with us and support us, and we'll get there together. 
It, it sounds like a real apology, and I don't like it. It is. This is not what the corner is all about. It, it, no, no, it is. It is. This is where I say I'm sorry about misleading people, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. We're not on tour. We're not. We're not there yet. I can never take you seriously in that hat. <laughs> For everybody listening, we are on tour. Right now, we're on the fucking moon. <laughs> Will's up there. Come see us at Lunar Station 6. We got Will. We got fucking Ace Freely. We got all your favorite <laughs> DTS stars. Hitler's up here. Hitler's on his way. Uh, and one more thing I um, that was brought to my attention. I know his name is Joe Spinell. Greg and I, we drink an awful lot during the show, and I just happen to say Frank oh, do Spinell. We? Yeah, we do. And I, I said Frank Spinell because I was thinking of Frank Stallone. It happens. It's an honest mistake. But yeah, his name is Joe Spinell. I, I, I adore him, and may he rest in peace. And in a Mary Fuck Kill game, I would totally marry him. How much could you possibly love him if you don't even know his first name? Stop it. I'm just okay. asking. All right. One night in bed, I, I called my ex-wife Frank. Okay. I mean, whatever. It happens. That's why she's your ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg. Boy, do I feel better. Take her away. Beautiful. Well, as heartfelt as your apology was this week, I'm going to have to get a little serious here, too. And I know the audience is not used to this, but this one comes from the heart. Comes from the fart. So in this particular apology... It's for Tom Jones, the musician. So you know okay. it's a big one for me. Okay. I think there was some confusion last episode. And in almost every one of our past episodes, in which we mention slash discuss slash lament our relationship with a ruffian by the name of Tom Jones and his questionable relationship with the noble and innocent hosts of this show. To be clear... And at the request of our lawyers for the purpose of liability. The man we consistently mention as a sexual deviant living in the slums of Intercourse, Pennsylvania, is a monster, a criminal, a boogeyman, and a beast. But he is not the same human entity as the famous musician who wrote such hits as It's Not Unusual and What's New Pussycat. What about that song about leaving your hat on he's not that guy oh in fact he's not a musician at all in spite what? of the fact that he occasionally plays our asses like a set of kettle drums but he does look and dress similarly and is apparently a fan of the music made by the celebrity with whom he shares a name so just to make our lawyers happy i would like to say sorry to the real Tom Jones, and fuck you to the man who makes every trip on tour to Intercourse, Pennsylvania, both painful and miserable for me. Just to clear things up, I did have COVID that evening. That's why I couldn't appear. That's why yeah. I couldn't be on the show. Okay. Fuck you, Tom. And also, sorry, Tom. The end. Beautiful. Okay, right? Did that clear everything up for you? I think so. Thank you, Gregory. Yeah, I feel like that made sense. All right, now that we got that off of our chest. Thank God. Let's continue with Mummy. Mummy. 
with 1981's Dawn of the Mummy. Mummy. Yes, in this one, unlike last week's episode, The Pyramid, okay. uh, we actually have a mummy, and I couldn't be happier. Thanks to Frank Agrama. And I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but it's phonetic. Hooked on phonics worked for me. This is a movie that I would describe as if someone wrapped the zombie from Resident Evil, topical, in bandages and dunked him into a tar pit, then let him loose in a pyramid full of idiots. Oh, that's awesome. I actually said if you took Tarman from Return of the Living Dead, stuck uh, a Frankenstein-like brain inside of him, and uh, put him on one of those inversion tables, making him a little bit taller, and giving him telepathic abilities like Professor X. You know what? Yeah. I completely understand where you're coming from with that. He's totally a tar man. Because basically, this is Lucio Falci's classic zombie if it took place in Egypt. Yeah, there was a time uh, where I was watching the movie and I started questioning myself if it was dubbed. And it wasn't dubbed. And I was questioning if it was actually Jalo. We all do that sometimes. Dude, this felt like a Jalo movie. This was a slow burn that pays off, like most zombie films, with a chaotic final 10 minutes. Yeah, it took a while to get to it, but when yeah. it did, boy, did the business pick up. Oh, it's uh, worth it. As you mentioned, uh, Frank, uh, what the fuck is his last name again, Greg? Uh, probably Agrama or something like that. Yeah, Frank Agrama was actually born in Egypt in oh. like 1930, So he, and he's still around. So this is kind of like, I don't know, his passion project, I guess, if you will. His love uh, letter to his homeland. Absolutely. I... And that is just sad and upsetting. The only other thing that he directed was 1976's Queen Kong. Kind of like King Kong, but like uh, gender but a la- Yeah, no, Lady Gorilla. Yeah. A, gi- a Lady Giant Gorilla. I yes. hear they are the dominant of the species. Yeah, just like the praying mantis, they will eat your head off. Yeah, no, that's a fact. Uh, female gorillas actually bite the skulls off of the male gorillas after intercourse, sometimes during. I've heard that. I'm a Scientologist. And I'm a pervert. All right, Greg, now that we got Frank Agrama out of the way, I think it's time to... Oh, boy. And uh, God bless you on this one, because this is the most convoluted shit I've ever fucking seen in a movie. Let's go to our cast of misfits, brother. All right, fuckface. So first on our list is a little mummy that I like to call Safari Man. And I'm not sure what his actual name was, but it was similar to that. This is a cursed mummy, a shambling husk, a face melter, and a soul eater. I think it was Safari Man. No, I'm pretty sure it was Safari Man. Uh, Safari Man, I think, is a video game. I think that was like a an odd, low-budget clone of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. But with way more nudity. Oh, yeah, that was done by Roger Corman. <laughs> of course. His brief aside into interactive video gaming. So next we have a character that I just call Latrine. And those of you who are big fans of Mel Brooks will know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> this is a toothless, sunken-eyed, filthy, frantic harbinger. She's only trying to help, but she is sadly ignored. 
this is usually when I chime in and I give the actress's actual name and uh, what they've done and what they've been in, but I'm not going to do that for this. No, she actually died in ancient Egypt of a very anachronistic crack cocaine overdose. I've definitely seen her in downtown Buffalo, Greg. By downtown Buffalo, you mean uh, in your Tinder feed. Hey, 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 hey. Yes. My man always swipes right. Don't matter. And you know what? At this point, I got to be totally honest here. I have never cared less about a group of protagonists in a film than this. They're all so bland and terrible. Every one of them is just fucking awful. None of them stand out. So I'm just going to plow through this shit. Next, we have a man named Hamid. 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 I don't even know how to pronounce it. It doesn't matter. He's a fashion photographer and a possible pimp, right? Something. He's definitely a pimp. Yeah, pretty much a pimp. Yeah. Then we have Gary. <laughs> Gary's an idiot. Oh, Gary's such an idiot. Yeah, but sometimes he wears a tuxedo. So that makes him either a cameraman or maybe a lighting guy. Or maybe an idiot. Yeah, that's kind of how that works. Yeah. Then we have Bill. He's a fluffer. Bill, Bill, yeah, Bill Bill does all the... Total fluffer. If you have a windsock, go over to Bill. He'll take care of it. He might be the makeup guy, but he fucks a lot. So, I don't know. Maybe he's the boss of this whole operation. I don't, I don't know how to interpret this character. Okay. And then we'll just go one, two, three here. We got Jenny. She's a model. June, also a model. Lisa, she's a model. So, with all that out of the way, next up we have Kareed slash Tariq slash... Fred from Scooby-Doo? That was totally Fred from Scooby-Doo. Totally Fred from Scooby-Doo. And these are the three stooges of Grave Robin. (laughs) Just a bunch of fucking idiots bumbling around a pyramid looking for anything that shines like gold. We want to take it home. We don't care what kind of curses we're bringing upon us and the surrounding towns. I mean, yeah, it's all their fault for sure. And last... But by no means least, we have Zeki, I think his name is. Zeki, Zekia, Zeke. Zeke. Yeah, who cares? He's a fat investor who funds the grave robbers. And I just have to say that he picked his crew very poorly. He chose poorly. Well, all right, Greg, thank you so much for giving us the rundown of characters. As you can tell by uh, Greg's enthusiasm. I do not care uh, all about this. Of all, of all these characters, this review is going to be harsh. Oh, I love the movie. I just think none of the protagonists are distinguishable amongst one another. I have love-hate of this movie, dude. I loved it, but at the same time, I fucking hated it, dude. That's usually what that means. Yeah, I agree with you. It was weird. So if you want to get right into the plot, why don't we kick this shit off? We start with a family having a picnic in their backyard in rural Egypt when a bunch of pharaohs bust in on horses, whip the shit out of everyone, and I can only assume that they're kidnapping them to be uh, indentured servants? Is that the Definitely right indentured term? servants. That's a great way of calling them that. Okay. Yeah, I felt bad for the family. They're definitely sitting there having a nice time. It took them three days to make that potato salad. But then who shows up? Ants in a picnic. Am I right, Greg? <laughs> Isn't that what a pharaoh always is? You know what? Just ask Moses. Oh! Well, I did ask Moses, and what he told me 
was that this entire scene is not going to be relevant for the rest of the plot. So let's just fucking forget it. Yeah, I don't know why this happened. What what, what the fuck? They were setting up something, but it it absolutely did not pay off. I thought something was going to happen to the people that were whipping the the people in a picnic. Nope. I thought maybe the people in a picnic were going to come back and seek revenge. Nope. Nothing fucking happened. They just got the shit whipped out of them, and then they fucked off forever. Completely irrelevant. So we jump to the interior of a pyramid where a priestess is doing a mummy ritual over someone named Safari Man. Safari Man! Safari Man! He goes on safari with his tiny wicker hat, hunting the wildest animals of Egypt, destroying the jackal with his blunderbuss. And he better watch out for those fucking barracudas. Watch out for that tree. I think we may have crossed over into Georgia the Jungle here. Can we get a little uh, Brendan Fraser clip? I feel like it's appropriate. I think it's time. Yeah, go okay. for it. Now George understand. George get caught. Then Ursula. George. There it is. Fuck it. Sure. Don't uh, you ever take that head off. Yeah, but I, I do. I did. I do. But I, I, yeah, I did actually enjoy this scene, Greg. I like that they were showing the actual like embalming of a mummy. I thought that was sure. kind of fun. The scientific you know, reality of it. Yeah, let's rip the organs out. I, I love the Egyptians. They're just like, hey, I'm going to take this liver out. And in return, I'm going to put an onion there. You know what's amazing is they're so concerned with the afterlife, but they just kind of assume, like, all these vital organs, you're not going to need this one. You're not going to need that one. We're just going to pop them out, throw them in jars. You'll be fine without them. Just an empty cavity ready to be filled with Herbs Osiris? and spices. I don't really know. Dude, they treated those fucking mummies like a stromboli. Bake them at 425 degrees for like 17 minutes. You got yourself a DiGiorno, my friend. Boom. Egyptian style. Let's eat. Tastes like sand. I love that movie, Stargate. <laughs> Russell was in that. Yeah, he was. So was Keanu Reeves. I'd let him eat me like a DiGiorno pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I think <laughs> you know. Keanu Reeves wasn't in that. Yeah, he was. In Stargate? Yeah. The movie? Yes. Keanu Reeves. Greg? Star of the Matrix. If I'm wrong, I will fly to Buffalo and suck your dick. Suck your dick. Suck your dick. You might as well start now. I'm looking it up, all right? I will fly to Buffalo and suck your dick. Oh, fuck. I'm very confident that you're wrong on this one. No, no, no. I swear to God, he was in it. I remember being little, and it was like right when Speed came out, and Keanu Reeves was like one of Ra's right-hand guys. He didn't have any fucking lines, but... Well, that doesn't count. I, yes, it does. I will fly to your dick and suck, suck, suck. Are you looking right now? Are you, are you researching? <sighs> Realistically, all I'm asking... Is this to get what's coming to me? Stop it! No! And eventually, what's coming to you? Oh! Oh, god damn it. No, I swear to god, he was like one of Ra's guys. Oh my god, Greg. Tell me, friend. What have you found? <laughs> oh. oh, shit. Well, looks like I'll be sucking dick when I'm back in Buffalo. I would hate for you to embarrass yourself in front of the audience by not sucking my penis. 
Greg, I'm a man of my word. <laughs> Over this significant Stargate debate. <laughs> This yeah. master debate over Stargate. <laughs> Is this going to ruin our friendship? Nope. Honestly, I think you can only enhance it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Greg, I gag when I brush my teeth. Do you really want me to do this? I've been known to instill gingivitis. <laughs> okay. Does it remove plaque? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's going to gum you right up. Oh, my God. All right. But uh, the hat stays on. Deal. So let's get back to this fucking tomb. Uh, Safari Man is embalmed. They stuffed him full of onions, garlic, and tomatoes and shit. And this priestess also curses Safari Man's Safari Men to serve him for eternity in the afterlife. And she seals the tomb with a little bit of mummy magic. So we jump to the present day where a gang of rowdy grave robbers blow open the door to Safari Man's tomb. But just like our last movie, The Pyramid, the air inside of the tomb is toxic. This is going to be a theme. It's totally going to be a theme. So they're smart. Uh, we got uh, you hammered the nail right on the head. This is that. the three stooges of grave robbers. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Mo. Curly, and I'm going to go as far as to say a shemp. Fred from Scooby-Doo obviously being the smart one. Not a Larry fan, I take it? I'm a big Larry fan. Are you kidding me? I love Larry. So this is where we have a deranged, toothless old woman who warns them that they are all doomed. doomed. Yeah, so she says they're doomed. Absolutely doomed, which is kind of wild, Greg, that we actually have a harbinger that is uh, not at a gas station and nope. a woman. Uh-huh. But they all just laugh at her. And instead of taking her advice, they just shoot their guns into the air like fucking badasses. It was like a scene out of the Three Amigos, really. They were trying to scare her off, but instead they just kind of look cool, right? I like that they treated her like a fucking cro- cockroach when you turn the lights on. So the leader of the grave robbers tells his underlings to be careful of the mummy gas that has been emitted by this tomb. But he doesn't really stick around. He just kind of leaves in his Jeep and says, hey, fend for your fucking selves. Yeah, he just kind of, fuck, they all fuck off and they said they're going to come back the next day and they're going to get Safari Man's gold. So that night, some greedy grave robbers enter the tomb and choke on mummy gas like fools, because they honestly should really know better by now, right? They, I think it's the same guys. I don't know if it's the same guys. Everybody in this movie is interchangeable. It really oh my doesn't god, matter. they're all the same character. All the men, all the women, they're exactly the fucking same. I couldn't tell anybody apart. I loved this movie. I really did, but everybody was exactly the same. But anyways, the one difference between these three and the other three is the other three rode a Jeep. These uh-huh. three... They rode camels. But what's important is that their faces melt from mummy gas. And this leads us straight into the title screen. Dawn of the Mummy. And then somehow we end up in New York City. We got to a photo shoot of Roller Girl in the big city. Roller Girl? You mean from Boogie Nights? The very same. And Hamid's agent calls him saying, we need more top models or we're going to lose the big account. 
Yeah, they never really explain what that is. It doesn't fucking matter. Our main cast flies out to Egypt, road trips their way across the desert in some rickety-ass jeeps that break down almost immediately. Yeah, and of course, we get a little bit of uh, characterization of these characters during Mm. the jeep ride where we have one painting her toes and talking about how people just love her feet. Yeah. Uh, I th- yeah, so obviously uh, Frank uh, Frank Gamora, whoever did this fucking movie, just like Quentin Tarantino, Bigfoot guy. <laughs> Don't be telling me about foot massages. I'm the foot fucking master. Sure, and instead of helping, uh, Gary and Lisa, I think, that, I think that was their names. I don't actually fucking care. It doesn't matter. They decide to fuck around on the sand dunes, but they quickly discover a severed head in the sand. And naturally, they freak the fuck out. But then they also don't. Nope. Like, if you found a severed head in the sand where you're doing this photo shoot... That would be a major event in my life. Oh, my God, dude. Okay, so I found somebody that committed suicide uh, at one of my old jobs. They jumped off a bridge, and I found pieces of them. I found a hand, and I found a ribcage, and that still haunts me to this day. These models... Models found a severed head in the desert, and they basically played volleyball with it. So this is where our friendly neighborhood grave robbers use explosives to blast their way into Safari Man's burial chamber. And I have to say, I kind of feel like they're just as good as bored here, right? Like, they're just kind of fun. Oh, they're all going to be bored. As a matter of fact, I think it's safe to say that everybody in the movie is going to be bored. They have to be. You don't just enter an Egyptian mummy's tomb right also i gotta point out at this point where they have the box of dynamite Mm -hmm. i love that you could tell it's dynamite because it has like a skull and crossbones on it meaning like this shit will kill you pretty clear indication i'm pretty sure they bought this shit off of bugs bunny or the wily coyote or some shit so they fuck around looking at hieroglyphics and set pieces that look like they belong at a school play and sadly they actually leave this set without dying yeah i like that you mentioned uh the set here because i have seen better egyptian facades at like haunted houses exactly yeah meanwhile our heroes somehow found horses and i'm just like what the fuck where did these horses come from your jeeps break down and horses just show up to bail you out but they also know how to ride them i mean you don't know what their past is like just because they're models doesn't mean they're totally incompetent micah Oh, sorry. But they're looking for a place to take photos of their butts. So they head towards the pyramid. As they head towards the pyramid, we got our three ragtag uh, grave robbers Mm -hmm. shooting at them. A little bit of an overreaction, I will say. Yeah, a little bit. But of course, Fred from Scooby-Doo is just like, no, stop shooting. You're you're being a fucking idiot right now. You're going to bring attention to ourselves. And clearly this guy is just a terrible shot because he doesn't hit any of them. It turns out the photo shoot got a little too close to the excavation. And the grave robbers bust out their AK-47s. But it turns out they're all just friends in the end. Yeah, I love that the the models and shit just got shot at. Like, They really did not care. I couldn't imagine getting shot at and then going over and having like a ham sandwich with the guy that did it. Especially in Egypt, which we all know is a fucking war zone. It's Bedlam. So at this point, 
everyone piles into the mummy's tomb and they decide that this is the perfect place for their photo shoot. And boy, howdy is it. They really make themselves at home. They totally disregard the centuries-old human mummy corpse that is sitting right in front of them. But I love at this point, they put up all like the lighting and the lighting is so hot that the mummy actually starts to bubble. Oh yeah, slowly but surely. Surely you can't be serious. I am surely. And don't call me. Safari Man's dry, raisin-like body starts festering with mummy goo under the hot, hot lights of photography. But nobody really notices because they're busy modeling. Yeah, taking pictures of their butts. Big Fred decides it's about time to cut the power cord safely somehow. He doesn't get electrocuted. I think he just uses a pair of scissors. Really kind of like easy for him. (laughs) Piece of cake. But Jenny, I think that's her name. I don't know. She stumbles in the dark and thrusts her hands into some toxic mummy goo, which gives her a severe hand injury. Her hand turns into James Wood's hand in Videodrome. I was going to the bathroom and I just couldn't stop looking at my penis because it's, you know, so fantastic. Kareed sneaks into the tomb and steals some gold, which turns out to be a mistake because a magic mummy door knocks him the fuck out and he is dragged off screen by what I can only assume is a malicious mummy reanimated corpse. I absolutely love this scene because when he gets the gold that's stuffed in uh, Safari Man's ass, Mm. he starts going, the gold, I found the gold, I found the gold, me, the gold is mine, I found the gold, I found the gold. He really digs deep, but he was not exactly the first person to discover the gold. No, totally not. Okay, so he's dead forever, but at this point, all of his friends arrive, and they flip the fuck out over all the gold that Kareed left behind. The gold. I found the gold. I found the gold. Me. (laughs) Unfortunately, they are interrupted by yet another goddamn photo shoot. Every fucking scene in the first hour of this movie is just photo shoots. I'm so sick of these fucking characters taking pictures of one another. You know, these grave robbers could have just killed them. They could have shot them. They had the weapons. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to care, really, right? But just as everyone is leaving the premises, my main man, Safari Man, the Safari Mummy, rises from his slab. And he is gooey as one can be. Yeah, he's a total tar man. Tar man. He pops up like the Undertaker, and I could have sworn that he was covered in bandages, uh, but when he pops up, he's not. He's just covered in uh, 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 shit. His face is exposed for some reason. And I'm I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I'm not an expert on all these ancient rituals, but I think the Egyptians actually, like, wrapped up the faces also. That's what I've been led to believe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's stuffed with onions and, and he's covered in, in bandages. A little bit of cayenne. But, uh, a little bit of paprika. Maybe some cumin. Basil. Onion powder. Garlic salt. Crushed pepper. Cinnamon. Parsley. Seasoning salt. Sage. Oregano. 
rosemary, a little bit of thyme, celery salt, nutmeg, ginger, cloves, adobo, allspice, the chili pea, mustard seed, cilantro, nutmeg, nacho cheese, Jamaican jerk seasoning, fire sauce, nutmeg, sriracha, yucateca, Frank's hot sauce, but my personal favorite spice, nutmeg. Mayonnaise. Yeah. You know it. You'll love it. It's creamy. It's eggy. It's delicious. It's got everything you need. I like to add a little bit of milk to my mayonnaise because it's a little too spicy. Kind of coats the throat. So the next scene that we have, and Greg, I know you could back me up on this. Always. There's a campfire. Always a good time. You got a bunch of models. They're all babes. A couple dudes. Whatever. But then you got that one son of a bitch that brings out a fucking guitar by the campfire and starts fucking playing Oasis. That motherfucker. And it's not, he's not even good at it. He's just he's no. doing a shitty version of Wonderwall. He thinks he can sing, but he can never sing. We all know that. No. No. Fuck this guy. If you bring a guitar to the party... Fuck you. Nobody wants to hear it. I will snatch that guitar like Jim Belushi and break it over your fucking dick. Richard? While this is going on, they are interrupted by a couple of assholes with melting faces. The best kind of faces, if you ask me. Now, this was confusing to me because, Greg, where the fuck did these guys come from? Were they the ones at the very beginning of the movie? I can only assume so, but who really knows? The models and the photographer, they run off. They go fucking screaming. But then everybody's cool about it. They're back at the camp and they're cracking beers. So Fred says, okay, I'm going to seduce all your models and get them nice and fraggers. And he wastes no time doing just that. Totally. He jumps right on that one, babe, which I, did he even spit game? He didn't have to try too hard because, you know, you're out in the desert in a couple of tents. Ah, yes. The implication. Yeah, so Latrine used to be shit house. At this point, enters the tomb of Safari Man, and she's rambling. She's so happy that he's alive. I think she's a member of his cult. She was warning people to stay away, but she actually wants to see him resurrect. Yeah. But when he meets her, he's not exactly the friendly type. He says, hello, thanks, I'm doing well, but I'm going to choke the fucking life out of you. <sighs> So the models return to camp to find that their horses have been slaughtered. I was that close. I touched it. A wet-looking zombie weakly harasses them and then just kind of dies. Yeah, I don't understand. So, uh... Safari Man has an army of the undead that raised from their sandy tombs. Yeah, and by army, they kind of mean like six guys. They're very sluggish. They're the slow-moving, the classic kind of zombie. So this kind of, now I said earlier that this reminds me of a Jalo film. Yeah. This scene where all the, the dead army rising from the graves reminded me of Burial Ground. So now, Safari Man's Safari Men have all risen from the grave, and they are ready to fuck shit up in the name of the Great African Lion. African Lion so Jenny, or Lisa, or whoever the fuck, 
wanders into the pyramid, gets lost. Luckily, she's saved by Fred, ensuring that she will one day have his child. Yeah, because Fred makes all their pets moister than an oyster, my friend. That's kind of his angle on this whole thing, I think. I think it may have to do with the Ashcroft. Is that what that's called, where you tie a bandana around your neck to prevent sweat from going down your back? Ascot, but I think what you said was also right. Yeah, Ascot. Yeah, so Gary goes to town <laughs> with Frank Lopez from Scarface. Who the fuck is Gary? <laughs> and they leave Bill and Lisa alone at camp, where, of course, Bill stealthily busts out their roofies. Boy, howdy does he ever. And they make babies while Gary and Jenny make classist xenophobic remarks to the owner of a local hookah bar. Yeah, they go into Cairo with uh, Egyptian Ron Jeremy, and they hit the hookah pretty fucking hard. And they've got some preconceived notions about the locals that they're interacting with. Uh, It's very racist, really. Jenny spots a mummy casually walking through the alleyways and this is probably safari man on safari am i right okay so apparently safari man has the ability to teleport well you know he walks around that's what mummies do they literally jumped in a fucking jeep and drove to cairo i imagine this is like a half hour drive from where they're shooting the the shit no it's right next door Bullfuck. There's no way that mummy got there by walking. So she panics and begs Gary to help her. But he's all fucking high, and he just takes this opportunity to slap her hysteria away in typical Jalo fashion. This isn't a Jalo film! It might as well be! Marcus Welby? What? Did I say Marcus Welby? Yeah, what does he have to do with this? I said it might as well be. Oh! Okay. So, but it's at this point where we find ourselves a butcher who's butching away. And I want to say this may have been one of the grave robbers. Probably Uh, was one of them, yeah. uh, I want to say Larry. Guess what happens to him? He gets bored by Safari Man. But not any old kind of way of boring. No, no, no. He gets a meat cleaver right between his fucking eyes. To be honest, he kind of deserved it. Did he? I mean, he entered the domain of Safari Man. You can't just do that. Greg, Craig. I entered the domain of Safari Man every fucking day, and I'm okay. Your hands are clean. They're calloused. So June and her racist friend leave camp to go swimming, and June ends up walking back home alone and topless because she is clearly offended by the sensibilities of her waterbound companion. All right, now just wait one goddamn minute. Okay. You just said topless. I heard that. I saw both of these broads in bikinis. Full-on 1981 style bikinis. I thought for sure they were going to go skinny dipping. This movie has already lost a star due to the lack of tittery. Fair enough. I am so angry at this. You're in the middle of Egypt. No one is around you except for the undead. Why would you not be naked? Take it off. Take it off. And I think that I want you on the floor. So right about now, Safari Man shows up yet again and very slowly menaces 
Melinda, I think her name is. She's the uh, one Be- uh, I think that's Beatrice. She's the one in the water. I don't think it really matters what her fucking name it is. It don't fucking matter. But she runs across the desert. It's almost like a forest. Are there forests in the desert? She's running through trees. She's running through cacti. Yo, no, definitely cacti. But she totally gets bored by the undead with a great fucking neck bite scene. Yeah, the important thing is is that she eventually runs into another zombie mummy slash undead citizen. Is that what we're going to go with? I don't know what anything is at this point. It doesn't fucking matter because she gets fulchied in the neck. Oh my god, she totally gets fulchied. And she's dead Dead forever. forever. Go fuck yourself, Jenny or Beatrice or B. Arthur, whatever the fuck your name is. You're dead. You're dead and your soul has gone to hell. So Fred from Scooby-Doo, he ends up driving into Cairo and finds his dear grave robber Three Stooges friend bored with a butcher knife right between his eyes. And my God, his reaction is so zany and so over the top with his arms flailing all about going. (laughs) And he gets back to the Jeep. He drives back to the site of uh, Safari Man, goes into the temple, and that's where he finds out that Safari Man is the sun god, meaning that the gold is buried in the east wing of this temple. This and is a he, very important mummy fact. Absolutely. And he breaks through the uh, the trap door, and lo and behold, oh, he finds all of safari man's gold but guess what greg come on greg he gets bored as he's celebrating his newfound wealth safari man waddles in and nonchalantly strangles him until he wets his pants boy howdy does he ever bill goes looking for big fred and finds all the props spray painted gold tries to steal one, and he's jump-scared by none other than Fred's severed head. Yeah. And right about now, the camp is assaulted by zombies, mummies, zombie mummies, and Bill gets his organs bored straight out of his abdomen, and he is dead forever. That's right. They shove their fist up his ass, and they pull his organs out, replacing him with onions and peppers. They get a just solid like the grip on his colon and exhume it from his anus. Oh boy, that is not the colonic that I paid for. I feel like that was the proper uh, mummy term though, right? Yeah. Exhume? No, exhume, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, just like Iron Maiden. Excellent! So at this point, Jenny gets torn apart while Lisa does absolutely nothing to help. Instead, she spins in circles on a horse like, hey, this is fun. Look at me. I can make my horse do tricks. And she eventually just kind of splits for town, leaving Jenny to die. I like that you said hey because hey is for horses. You are correct, sir. (laughs) But the town is overrun by zombie mummies yeah the zombie money mummies they break up what is uh sure to be a great wedding day chaos ensues everyone is getting bored 
Jerry hey. tries to kick one, but falls over like a jackass and eats shit. Everybody is absolutely getting bored. Pandemonium everywhere. Organs are getting ripped out. Necks are getting bit. This is total Fulci to a T. It is complete Orham. Frank Lopez escapes in a Jeep, leaving everyone else to die. Safari Man calmly observes the carnage from a second floor balcony. And that's where they find him and they decide to uh, try to blow him up. Lisa and June devise a brilliant plan to use dynamite to fuck this mummy straight back to Egyptian hell. Hey, dynamite! Turns out it's pretty goddamn easy because all they have to do is lure him into a house full of explosives and blow his ass up. Curse. Curse. Curse! The few remaining protagonists hastily celebrate their victory. Frank Lopez joyously shouts, let's go back to Cairo, spring break. They hold hands and skip merrily out of town. Suddenly in the foreground, Safari Man raises his charred mummy hand, and it is the end. Question mark? Possibly the well, we sure as fuck didn't get a sequel. We all know mummies never truly die. No, they don't. Just ask Christian Slater. Oh! This movie was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt like I was watching a Roger Corman movie mixed with a Jalo. Tell me all about it. There was decent gore. Okay. A decent story. It's your basic curse story. Who fucking cares? A severe lack of tittery my friend noticeable i mean a severe lack you got yourself a gaggle full of models mm -hmm. you got yourself a couple dudes no one hangs dong nobody hangs tits we don't see no ass but we we do have a tar band mummy we do get a plethora of gore we got explosions we got an egyptian ron jeremy we got jeeps we got shootings we got boom booms we got pew pews. We got decapitations. Tits ripped off. Greg, you look like you're gonna throw up. Fair enough, Greg. Fair enough. Three out of five stars. Uh, I'm sorry. Three out of five scaries. Get it right or pay the price. Greg, what do you feel about uh, Dawn of the Mummy? To be totally honest. Yeah. I fucking loved it. This oh. Was, uh, this was the Fulci Mummy movie that we've all been waiting for. This was Jalo to the core. And as you mentioned. There was a, uh, a notable exception of tittery, which I don't hold it against it. Uh, I do. There were women in hysterics. There were men getting bored in the throat by zombies. There were mushy-faced, gooey-ass ghouls. Oh. This was a masterpiece of cinema. This was zombie film with a mummy flair. And for that reason, I have to give it a straight-up DTS 5 out of 5. Five out of five? The big one. I never thought I'd see the day. What? Unprecedented. I know. Well, Greg, Great. that was awesome. I'm so glad that you picked Dawn of the Mummy. It's a movie that I've never seen before. I had a lot of fun watching it. I had a lot of fun doing this review with you. One of my uh, favorites. How you feeling about next week, baby? Well, I think we should probably do something that has a uh, shriveled, raisin-esque corpse shrouded in bandages. 
and resurrected by an intruder into the t- I'm talking about mummies. We should probably do a movie yeah, about mummies. Do a, do yeah. a okay, about mummies. we're gonna do another mummy movie. We're gonna do another mummy movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do another movie. Okay. Okay. Because it's mummy, right? It's mummy, man. I'll do a fucking we're gonna mummy, do mummy movie. movie. I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do a fucking mummy movie. Hey, you know what I'm saying, man? Let's do that. Wait, uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's pick one that has some tits in it. All right. Well, why don't you love each other? Hey, why don't you go fuck yourselves? You also care about one another. Yeah, care about one another, sure. But most importantly, keep, keep it spooky! Damn, that's scary. God damn it, Craig, that was good. This is going to be a very special episode. I mean, sure, I'll eat chili out of a fat chick's ass. <laughs> Bunch of mummies. Dude, our show fucking rules. Such a good show.